With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I kind of 
make appearances here and there and uh, do a lot of international work. Last year I was all over the place, uh, nine different countries. And uh, so, you know, there's a, there's a big, healthy, independent professional wrestling scene globally. And uh, there's more promotions and more uh, territories than you could ever imagine. Yeah, absolutely. So most recently, from uh, as far as headlines are concerned, you were the uh, next-gen champion uh, before Cody, correct? That's right. Yeah, so uh, how was it working for GFW? Uh, awesome. Uh, you know, we, we uh, kind of hit the ground running in 2015, and uh, with our baseball tour, we had our tapings in Vegas. Uh, last year, we did a lot of uh, co-branded shows with uh, promotions all over the globe. And uh, this year, uh, Jeff's trying to secure a TV deal. Um, and we've been working on that. We've been working on that for since day one, and uh, we're getting uh, closer and closer. Absolutely. So how was it uh, during the time that you went back to your stomping grounds, GFW, the TNA invasion that they did? Uh, it, it, it was short-lived, but, uh, you know, what were your thoughts on that? Um, it was it was what it was. Uh, I don't – it was – very rushed and um, uh, jam-packed a lot of stuff into a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, it was a different. It was definitely a different TNA than the one uh, that I had was used to. Yeah. So you started TNA almost in the beginning, probably about uh, a year out from the very beginning, right? That's right. That's right. I came in right around a year. Yeah. So how did you get the opportunity to compete for TNA? Um, you know, who gave you that break? Because I know you, you were doing some uh, some independent things, uh, MLW, if I'm not mistaken. You were wrestling for them for a bit. Um, That's right. How did you get the break to TNA? Um, I think that, uh, you know, I, well, they were looking for X-Division, new X-Division guys, and uh, Scott Moore, I guess, saw me on some independence to shows and, um, maybe even MLW, and uh, gave me the call. And um, you know, I think it was supposed to be just a, a week thing, and it, you know, I ended up staying there for on and off for ten years. Yeah, absolutely. What was your overall take uh, on TNA? Because you had you had some some great runs. You you, you but uh, there were a time that you were just kind of here and there and, and placed in different different feuds. Um, at the very beginning, you the first few years, you were one of the prominent names in the X Division uh, scene. Uh, what were your overall thoughts of the, the inception of the X Division? Uh, I think it was a great idea. Uh, I think it was, at times, um, better than others. Um, there was times where they really paid attention to it and, and um, you know, gave it the uh, attention it deserved intelligence. Sometimes they... I uh, didn't care at all about it. So, uh, you know, it was just kind of, uh, I guess, whatever they felt like that, that month. Yeah. So uh, what do you think? Because cause Jeff, Jeff and Jerry was running it when you first started, right? That's right. Yeah. So how far was it before Dixie came in? Um, Dixie, was, Dixie was already there when I got there. Oh, okay. So they were kind of – so so when you got there in 03, Dixie was was – kind of taking charge at that point uh, i mean she was she was financially funding the company she she really didn't uh, much say so at that point oh okay so she was financially funding but she didn't really have that executive role 
Uh, I mean, she, she she would make opinions here and there, I guess, but I don't think, you know, until later on did she really get full-fledged in, in um, uh, the actual day-to-day uh, creative and TV aspect. Gotcha, gotcha. So what do you think, uh, in the first few years, when do you think, like, the hottest time for the X Division was that you can remember? Um, I guess uh, 2005, um, mainly for the fact that, that – uh, you know, they they even main evented a pay per view with an exhibition match, which yeah. uh probably the only time they've ever done that. So um, you know, it was, it was really hot in two thousand five where it was, you know, me, the uh, Shelly, Saban, P D, Lethal, AJ, Joe, Frankie, um, gosh, I'm sure I'm sure I'm um Austin Aries, Roderick Strong. I mean the, the, it was it was just a really, really um awesome scene at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had a big Bound for Glory match with them, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, that was awesome. So when do you think it kind of went south? Uh, the x Division? Yeah. Jeez. Um, I think it just went through cycles, really. I mean, sometimes it'd be hot and sometimes it'd be not. And, um, jeez, I, I guess uh, they really stopped featuring and paying attention to it, I guess, in the um, – 2010, and I don't think they really pay much attention to it now, do they? Uh, a bit. <laughs> uh, you know, they yeah. they do some things with uh, um, uh, DJ Z and, and Braxton Sutter, and when yeah, I mean, the, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't. I watch here and there, but it just seems like it's the same four guys kind of yeah, rotated yeah. in matches and Mandrews, yeah. but he's with. WWE UK now, so that's uh, right. Yeah, so, but yeah, so yeah, I I would agree as far as the 2010, and of of course, you know, the you don't have to be uh, living under a wrestling rock to know at that time was uh, the prominent time of the Hogan and Bischoff era. Would you correct akin akin them to uh, one of the reasons why it kind of went on the shelf? Yeah, I'm sure that uh, well, actually, I mean, I. I kind of know that I don't that they really didn't understand what it was and how to present it and um then you you know couple that in with the fact that that uh, they brought in an influx of new talent that um you know uh, big stars and, and big names and uh you know with with all that you, you're really not left with much time for exhibition guys yeah yeah and and it, it it's kind of uh not you know, it would be discouraging for y'all because I remember a few years be- before that, you know, you had the the PCS, the, the Paparazzi yep. Championship Series with Kevin Nash, right. and uh, that's when Lethal, you know, got his savage gimmick that was, you know, absolutely hilarious. Yep. Uh, so I, it was. I agree with you as far as just uh, uh, that. So you you were a guru at that time too. Did you come up with that idea, or did someone? kind of uh, present that idea to you? That was um, a Dutch Mantel idea. Oh, okay. Okay, so uh, was it a matter of, were you reluctant to it or was it something you were willing to, to explore? No, I I, I was fine. I, I had no real issues with it. Um, it kind of evolved. Um, as it evolved, actually, you know, I don't, I don't think they really knew where it was going and yeah. I kind of, kind of, you know, took the reins into my hands and, and um, like the con man stuff and then the creepy, right. you know, creepy guy with Val that, that was all kind of me though. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was and it, it was over. It was it was very over. I yeah. think that was one of yeah. your uh uh most popular uh gimmicks yeah, that you've had. Definitely, and, definitely yeah. it was fun and uh it was uh it was definitely fun to do. Yeah, absolutely. So what was as far as just your T and run, you said it was off and on. Uh would it be a matter of just the the executive saying, Hey, we're not really using the X Division stars too much now well, I'll, I'll let me let me clarify that. So I was uh, full time under contract for six years, okay. and then uh, my contract came up. I left. They didn't re-sign me, and then I returned in 2012 through 2015, where I was used uh, on a part time basis, uh, mainly for the fact that I did not sign a contract at that time. So right. um, if I didn't sign a contract, I really had no desire to. So it was just a matter of um, they would use me whenever they needed me. Yeah, so you were so you were sparingly. Uh, I, I remember you sparingly at the time, as far as just the uh, 2012 to you know yeah. really really current. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, at least at least until a year or two ago. Um, were there any big plans for you during your TNA run? I know that um, a point of a point of time when you were chasing the X Division Championship at one point in time, they they kept saying, you know, you've never won the championship. Which uh, oddly, they never you never been X Division champion. You're one of the pioneers right. of the division. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I couldn't tell you. Um, I don't know where their heads were. At. Maybe they had some plans or something. I mean, I, I know that I've been want to sign a contract so i'm sure that um that really limited what they would want to do with me if i wasn't prepared to sign a contract yeah but even with the six years though you were one of the uh, i mean you mean you were one of the biggest names in, in the x division I, as as a fan at the time i always you know wondered that like you have someone here who's a loyal who who can you sure. know who can put together a match like crazy with a broomstick sure. and you know he, he's not the uh, the the X division champion. Were there any talks before as far as you being in an angle? I you know I, I mean none with me and you know I'm not uh, I don't know what they would talk about behind closed doors. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Um, I just showed up and did my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So what do you say were your was your best time? It's a two parter, but let's start with your what was your best time in TNA? Um I mean I guess um I don't know if there's a a time period that was the best I mean the whole the, I, I I enjoyed my whole time there. I, I you know, I, I think uh you know, I had six straight years of nonstop working for them and hitting the road and uh you know, we 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 went worldwide and, and whatnot. And, uh, it was a blast, you know, great, uh, great people to be around, a great atmosphere. Um, so yeah, just the whole experience was, was awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And would you say around the, uh, immortal era was, did you kind of lose the luster that you had at the, uh, for the company at the time? Um, I mean, I, I was, I was out at two, I was, I left uh, 2009, um, you know, I mean, I, I, like I said, my whole time, I, I mean, I, I had no, no feelings or uh, negative thoughts or feelings about anything. I, I loved my entire time there. Yeah. Any, uh, any chance that we'll see you back anytime soon? 
Uh, I guess never say never in wrestling, right? Yeah. <laughs> never you know? say never, yeah. But now it's a matter of you, you know, you've been in business for quite some time now. Having your own schedules is better for you. You've been, uh, what, 17 years or so, 16, 17 years now? Yeah, this is my 17th year. Wow. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. It yeah. is. Trust me. <laughs> that's, and you're still in your, what, early 30s? Early to mid-30s? Um, thir- yeah, 34. Wow. Wow, yeah. 16 years. So you started when you were eight, 17? Yeah, I, I started training at 18. Yeah, wow. so it's been a long time, man. Wow. So, so what are your what are your goals? I mean, you've been wrestling for so long. Uh, what what are your what are your goals? Uh, just 20 just, years in the business. Yeah, I mean, my goals are just uh, pretty simple. Just to continue making a living um, in wrestling. You know, it's 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 a, a hard thing. Um, but uh, yeah, just continue to make a living, and um, you know, I, I I really still enjoy uh, hitting the road and and uh, performing. So that's it, pretty much. Absolutely. So you got some big events coming up uh, within the next uh, few weeks. So let the listeners know what you got coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Saturday night in uh, uh, down in Winston Salem at. In North Carolina at the Armory. It's going to be uh, uh, the rematch between me and Cody Rhodes at AML Wrestling. AMLWrestling.com. You can get your tickets. Check out the rest of the card. Uh, me and Cody are going to be having a rematch for uh, the GFW Next Gen title. Um, if anybody is in the North Carolina area, I mean, AML is definitely um, easily, you know, barn on the uh, top premier independent promotion on the East Coast. So uh, definitely come on out. Uh, com at the fairgrounds. I uh, sorry, the armory. So uh, come on down. Awesome. That's January 28th uh, at the uh, um, at the at the armory. Anything else coming up? Uh, something's always coming up, man. <laughs> Every we, week is something new. Where can we find you on social media to to check and see what you got going on? Definitely. If you if you if you follow me on on uh, Twitter at Sanjay Dederson, uh, you know I, I keep up up to date with my uh events uh facebook uh search sanjay dutt and if you uh, uh would be so kind to support me um by buying a shirt you can go to pro com slash sanjay dutt fantastic sanjay it's been a pleasure really appreciate your time awesome thank you chris thank you have a good night you too ladies and gentlemen this is 253 episodes thank you so much for listening to the show we'll be right back you are now listening to the pancakes and power slam show by crave wrestling on blog talk radio be sure to follow crave wrestling on twitter at crave wrestling and join the facebook fan page crave wrestling and once again a special thank you to sanjay dutt former tna x division star the guy was in the pro was in the business for was in TNA for so long that he never won the TNA championship. I always thought that that was the funniest and craziest and and just zaniest thing. Never was TNA X Division champion. We got so much to go uh, to, to talk about tonight. Uh, we got we got Royal Rumble. We got Takeover uh, San Antonio. We got a Raw. We got SmackDown Live. And we got anything else uh, that we uh, have to talk about, including the weekly headlines. We have a roundtable discussion, a nice 
uh, awesome action-packed roundtable tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, let's bring on the Calvary. Uh, let's start <laughs> off with the Bleacher Report feature columnist extraordinaire, the doctor, Chris Mueller. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And we got my guy, the uh, unofficial uh, reigning co-host of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I love to have him on here. He's on here again, uh, once again this week from Under the Mat Radio, once again, Tech. Evan Proud, how are you tonight, sir? Doing good. What's going on, guys? It's great to have you. And lastly, without further ado, and certainly not least, uh, writing... He, he is the, the writing stylist. He is the Brizongo of professional wrestling journalism, uh, policing everyone who is just not good and being sure to uh, be, be the man and, uh, and be the writing police. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, former feature columnist from Bleach Report, Travis Taylor, how are you tonight, sir? I'm doing good, Chris. Thanks for having me on. I, I got to get myself a nickname. You guys all got nicknames. I love it. Yes, Doctor Tech and uh, um, fabulous see. Travis Taylor. There you go. There's your <laughs> I like it. <laughs> fabulous Travis yep. Taylor, ladies and gentlemen. Come, come double on T. with your robe. <laughs> I can be double T. Yeah, double T. Travis double T. Taylor. There you go. Double T. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, double T. Uh, good stuff, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, thanks for everyone who's listening. Let's get into the headlines. So Conor McGregor, Mr. Uh, Mr. No Filter himself, uh, you know, uh, WWE used to always play a, a Kid Rock uh, a song, Cocky, I believe the song was called. Uh, it ain't, it, it's not cocky if you do it and you back it up or something like that. Uh, Conor McGregor, uh, he fits that role. I mean, you know, he's, he's the, he is a natural heel, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm a big UFC fan. I've seen many Conor McGregor fights, including the one with Eddie Alvarez and first dual champion in UFC history. Uh, he's got a, he's got a big mouth, but, uh, he, he backs it up. Chris, I know you're a UFC guy as well. What are your thoughts on blasting the UFC and WWE? And his uh, recent uh, uh, rant on Instagram. You know he's a he's an outspoken guy, like you said. I, I really don't put too much stock in what he says because it, it seems like half of what he says is just to get attention and drum up some buzz. And mm-hmm. you know he'll probably be back with UFC at some point or another. But as far as him showing up in WWE goes, I I really couldn't care less if he showed up or not. I don't think he brings anything to the table that they don't already have. Hmm. Evan, what are your thoughts? Do you uh, agree with Chris? Do you think uh, Connor brings anything to the table? Yeah, it's, 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 it, goes, it goes down to one way of marketing. Why why, why are we talking about Connor McGregor? Why is he like the biggest name in UFC right now besides Ronda Rousey? Because he runs his mouth, he uses social media, and that's what you do. And, and he's going to, you know, you, you, you play the crowd, you play the people, like everyone else did in wrestling, like Ali did, like anyone else did. So a lot of it, he just says it for attention, because the more people talk about you, the more times you read it, the more likes you get, the more followers you get, the more ratings you'll get in UFC. 
So if Conor McGregor never opened his mouth, we'd be talking about somebody else. Yeah, good point. Double T, what do you think, man? Uh, is is there is there a reason for him to uh, intentionally uh, make these marks against WWE again? Uh, and you know, does this lead to some type of WrestleMania spot? Well, I I agree with uh, everybody else here. I, McGregor's McGregor's full of a lot of hot air. He he makes a lot of noise. Uh, you know, he's over the top. He says what he wants, but that's exactly what people expect. Um, like uh, like Evan said, it's a marketing type thing. Um, but I think but that's all it is. I think he's just a lot of noise to go with the show. And I think um, I think he's nothing without the UFC, and he knows that. And uh, you know, if he were to go into the WWE. Uh, yeah, he'd make a quick splash and make some noise, but but then what? What happens when mm-hmm. the novelty of Conor McGregor and the WWE wears off? I mean, would yeah. he go to 205 Live? You know, in, in a business <laughs> built on the suspension of disbelief, I mean, would fans buy into him versus Cena or, or versus Corbin or even versus no. the Big Show? Nah, he's a one-off yeah. attraction, and that would be it. Yeah, <clears throat> I doubt that he did even do anything in 205 Live. Just imagine him cutting a promo against Lince Dorado. Like, who would care? Like, just Lince, I'm going to eat you up and I'm going to knock you out. Like, okay, well, I'll pass on that. I don't care about that. Yeah, I think you make a good point. I think UFC, I think Evan said this as well. uh, UFC is really his bread and butter. And I think, uh, you know, he has, I mean, he, he's he's an asset there. I mean, you know, let's not get that, uh, you know, uh, misconstrued. Uh, he's a moneymaker. He's a cash cow for, for UFC. UFC, you know, I remember watching UFC 20 years ago when, you know, when you had, you know, Royce Gracie and Ken Shamrock and, uh, you know, all, all of the, uh, you know, big names back then. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember watching it you know, back then, and it was just, it was kind of like that pure Rizzo type of type of feel to it. Um, but at the same time, now, you know, with the glitz and the, gl- and the glamour and it's how popular it is now, you know, it's, the, the storylines are just as important as the fights nowadays with cool. UFC. You know, yeah, and, and you know, you you have people like the Conor McGregor's, like the Ronda Rousey's. You know, nowadays, uh, you know, you even have uh, the the uh, current uh, uh, bantamweight uh, women's champion. Um, oh goodness, uh, losing me. What, what, what is her? What is her name? Um, uh, Nunez, Man Nunez. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, she she's even. Like doing a whole lot of, you know, uh, talking nowadays, um, mm-hmm. and it, 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 when I'm, I remember watching Nunez beforehand, uh, she wasn't doing a lot of talking. Now I was watching some Fox Sports interviews and some Twitters. You know the meanness she had. I wonder if Dana White is just kind of, kind of embedding that in people to kind of talk the talk to to put more money in his pocket. And I think yeah. Conor McGregor, you know, fits right in that in that mold. Yeah, you guys are Absolutely. It's like they're all everybody's taking a page from the WWE character yeah. development. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of uh character development, uh, Triple H, uh he's not happy with the current NXT product. Uh, he he said, "quote On the media call, he said, 'I'm not happy where NXT is right now by far. 
I want it to be much better than it is, but it's a rebuilding process. All these things going on, they all make changes in the ecosystem where everything lands at the end of the day as a moving target. So, Chris, uh, what are your thoughts just on NXT? We'll get to take over here in just a bit. But just NXT as a whole, um, I know that Evan, <laughs> he, he's uh, – uh, he he's got a a few months to catch. I know I know you did watch Takeover, but uh, just yeah. as far as weekly programming, um, you know some some time to catch up. And I and I'll be honest with you, I missed about two to three weeks before Takeover just because uh, NXT is just not high on my priority list anymore. Chris, what are your thoughts on on NXT just as far as the, the this stage the past few months? Well, I mean, I, I tend to binge watch NXT a few weeks at a time because I know that mm-hmm. it doesn't affect the overall story, and I, I don't really write about it much anymore. But I, I don't think it's necessarily that the product is bad, but I think they were so hot for a couple of years yeah. that when they took all those big stars and moved them up to the main roster, it was harder than they thought it would be to fill those positions again. And, I mean, mm-hmm. they brought in a lot of outside talent like Samoa Joe, Shinsuke, Asuka, you know, none of these are homegrown NXT talents and you know, it's kind of weird when you watch a guy like Ty Dillinger get one of the biggest pops of the night, lose every takeover match yep. he's ever wrestled yep. but then a guy like Bobby Roode comes in and wins the championship in a couple of months and I'm not saying Bobby Roode doesn't have the experience and credibility to do that i'm saying they have to prioritize better with the guys that have been there doing the work for a long time because i think that's what the fans are kind of wanting to see at this point Mm-hmm. 100 agree what are your thoughts double t well going back to triple h's uh statement i think people are um reading thing way too much into it and then they're taking what he said in a negative light. Uh when I read the quote I was I saw it in a positive way him seeing NXT reaching even greater heights than it already has and perhaps it hasn't grown as quickly as it, as he'd like. Um I mean NXT is his baby, um complete creative control. I mean if you think about it if you were Triple H you'd want it to grow and grow. I'd want it to be bigger than Raw and SmackDown and I think that's what he was talking about. Um mm. I like, I, I think bringing in outside talent helps, you know, get some attention to the product while they're still building up these new stars. It, it takes time, but I, I don't think it, see his comments anyway negative. I still think NXT is uh, headed in the right direction. I really do. Uh, Evan, what is your assessment of uh, NXT the past few months? Um, like, like I said, I'm, I'm a little behind. I did watch TakeOver. Uh, like I said before, is uh, NXT is, is a good product. It is very fast-paced. Um, to the people, to the fans that are in the WWE bubble, is great to them. So NXT is so great. But I always tell people, have you watched Ring of Honor? Have you watched, you know, TNA? You know, a lot of this type matches, if you watch Japan, happens just like NXT. And I think also, too, the buddy of mine, Rip Rogers, and even my friend Bishop mentioned, we got to remember, everybody's a worker. And you got to look at the timing of why people say things. Now Triple E says, I'm not happy with NXT. But then it was right around when Ryland showed up. Now Triple E's just starting to be on TV more. So now it was kind of like the 
aspect of reverse psychology of success. I'm not happy with it. more people may tend to look at it. And then, mm-hmm. too, it's like they haven't made any new stars. That's on WWE. Most of the NXT and WWE is TNA and RH. Joe, AJ Styles, you got Rude there, Nakamura from New Japan. WWE, we talked about this before, Featherstone, that the past 15-some years, they only had four wrestlers that they can call a homegrown. Cena, Orton, Brock, Batista. That's it. Everybody else is just there. So, um, NXT is a good product. I enjoy NXT. Like you said, Tyler Dillinger and a lot of them, big pops, huge pops. But it's all about are you going to push the guys to that next level? That's up to trips. That's up to Triple yeah. H. Robert Roode, contrary to belief, everybody want to crap on TNA, but look at the TNA top stars. Joe's on the main roster. AJ just was champ. And then you got Robert Roode, Bobby Roode or whatever. He's the champion over Ty Dillinger. So that kind of lets you know something. Yeah, uh, and I and I think Chris, you brought a good point up. Uh, I think that uh, the the criticism is kind of double edged because you know there's one thing to be not happy with the product, and I, I understand what you're saying, Travis, as well as far as just from an optimistic view, I, I agree with that. But I I think that I personally, and I, it was hot, it was red hot for for so long during the the, the Finn Balor. Uh, era, um, you know him and Joe when they feuded. I think that was probably one of the hottest times in NXT, just because it was exciting. When Balor got in there, it was it was it was the the character, uh, just concentration for NXT was was really good. Um, it was short. It was an hour program. It wasn't uh, overindulging. Uh, it was it was good. It was an oversaturated. <clears throat> The uh, I've said this before on the show. Uh, they they did the Hogan treatment with the champions. You know the champions didn't come every week, which I absolutely love that. Uh, when you don't kind of overdo the champion coming to uh, the weekly show, big fan of that as well. Uh, so I mean there was there were so many good things when when Shinsuke you know when it got in there. I think it was, that was fantastic. So, but it's just when you had that purge. Uh, when you when there was you know during the right after Mania it was when the purge started when you got rid of Vault Villains and, and Apollo Cruz and Baron Corbin uh, Ty Dillinger a little bit before I mean not not Ty Dillinger but uh, Tyler Breeze a little bit before that uh, and then of course you got you know Bailey left uh, American Alpha left Mojo Raleigh you know with with the split Alexa Bliss as well. And even before that, you know, you had uh, uh, Lynch and, and, and Sasha, and Charlotte. So it, it, the past couple of years, um, NXT has been purged substantially, and they haven't um, they haven't rebuilt it with equally as important stars to me, or at least they haven't marketed the stars to be equally as important. Uh, you know, we talked about Ty Dillinger. We'll talk about him in just a little bit more in in, in depth. But you know, he he, I, re- I just wrote an article about him a, a day or two ago. You know, he loses every single. He I don't think he's won from our research. He's not won every in any any takeover matches. I think I, I think I wrote all the takeover matches that he was in. 
he's he's not won one single takeover match, and he's had the big one of the biggest pops of every just about every takeover match that he was a part of. It's not a matter. I mean, to me, right now Ty Dillinger is so over that he could be he could easily be in the main event or even world champion at this point. I mean, well, NXT champion. Um, and so his character is over. He's good in the ring as well, but the WWE is doing a very, very horrible job with, with making him someone. At this point, he's, he's basically at the same level as Barry Horowitz. Might as well just pat himself on the back at this point. You know what I mean? When he pat the, ten, pat, pat the ten sign on his back every week, it's basically the same, unfortunately. So, speaking of Ty Dillinger, let's move on, let's move on uh, to, to him. He, he debuted his 10 of the Royal Rumble. Um, you know, it, it was one of those things that WWE really had to do it because, it, you know, I, I'm sure that, and I kept saying this, whoever, if it wasn't going to be Ty Dillinger, whoever was going to be 10 would have probably one of the worst, uh, you know, biggest heats of uh, the entire night, <laughs> Royal Rumble. It would have been kind of like the Rey Mysterio number 30 treatment a few years back uh, when they thought, you know, it would be uh, Daniel Bryan. Uh, but, but Travis... Just, I mean, let, let us know your thoughts on just the, the whole ten thing. Uh, being the tenth, you know, just the interview after that, he was speechless. You know, he was really happy about that. He said that he, you know, for fifteen years he's been doing it and things like that. Yeah, yeah, good moment. But at the same time, what type of forward momentum does this do for Ty? Well. I think it was a nice nod to the fans from WWE to put him in the number 10 uh, spot. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, like you said, Ty Dillinger, his character is red hot, even with his spotty record. Um, I think going forward, I'm hoping that this is going to uh, up his prospects in NXT because I think that's where he needs to be right now. Um, I think he's got – honestly, I think he might get lost on the main roster if he was to move over, and he has way more room to grow and more opportunities to shine in NXT. Like you said, NXT champion, I could see that coming real soon. Yeah. Chris, what are your your thoughts on uh, where Ty Dillinger goes from there? Uh, I agree with Travis. I think he should stay in NXT for a little while, and he should have a run with the title. Because, I mean, look how many people from NXT who the fans liked aren't doing anything right now. There's Bo Dallas, there's Tyler Breeze. You know, it's it's not necessarily going to equal success when you go to the main right. roster. I mean, Apollo, Apollo Crews Cruz, should have spent Bull, a lot Bull, more Bull time. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It, it, it's, it's in his best interest to stay in NXT and start getting some wins. I think at this point they've seen – two takeovers in a row where he had one of the best performances and mm-hmm. they have to start pushing him at some point. I, I don't think they can ignore the fans forever on him. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk about some undertaker. This is going to be, we'll start with Evan on this. Um, so Meltzer, I'll, I'll actually read the quote here. So undertaker, he was hurting real well. Brian Alvarez in the recent wrestle preserver radio. Uh, Alvarez says, what's up with the undertaker? Meltzer says, so Undertaker, he was hurting real bad last night. I mean, you could look at him, you could see that he was in shape, but you know, it's the hip, you know. I mean, there's nothing else to really say about it. Um, he's got two months before WrestleMania. He had surgery. That's that's very interesting. He had surgery. He came back too quick from surgery. I think that's pretty clear. But, you know, it was the time, and they had a story. 
and the way that the match was structured, he really didn't have to do a whole heck of a lot. But even that when he was backstage, he was hurting a lot. So, yeah, that's the gist of the thing with him. Evan, uh, Taker looked, he looked bad, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, yeah, he did. Uh, and uh, just, just what are your thoughts? I mean, you know, so so it looks like the writing's on the wall between him and Reigns. Uh, yeah. Is it a matter of just him hanging it up after this uh, after this year? Nah, it's, I mean, take his take. Undertaker is Christmas. He wrestles once a year, and when when has Undertaker not been hurt? When has Undertaker not been in pain? Every year he gets a hip injury or a knee or a toe or an eye socket or an eye net. And granted, I love Taker, but his body's beat up, and they always book him safe until Mania comes. And, I mean, granted, Taker did look bad. He had to, uh, and as I tweeted out, did a poll, poll on my own Twitter, and people was laughing. I was like, most disappointed things about Mania, and I put up the Taker gut. It, it was like, wow, he, he, he did look bad. And yeah. um, he looked very fatigued and very tired. But to me, it's, it's, this has been the story with Taker the past five or six years. And I don't think Taker's going to retire just yet. I, I mean, Vince, I mean, the way Manny has been, Manny itself is a marketable tool. Taker being at Mania is a part of the big marketing tool to have Taker at Mania. So, and even though the streak is gone and the streak is dead, you still need a Taker to be there to go on to whoever. And you got, and guys, we you got a lot of foreshadowing. Taker gets eliminated by Reigns, and Taker stands there, and they got the little camera angle with WrestleMania with the big old sign. Right. And you see yeah. Taker say, we're not done yet. And, you know, and, and you start seeing the little things, and Reigns kind of playing more kind of like a hill where he's not smiling as much. So, um I mean, hey, I mean, I hope Taker is all right. I, I, I mean, from sources I got, not Melser, you're not feeling Melser, but that's how sources I got. Taker's trying to hold off because he needs a total hip replacement. So when you get those, you're going to be down for a minute. And I used to work for for Jesus Law Firm, so I tons of cases on that and had friends that dealt with it. Taker himself said he's going to try to hold off until he retires. When that is, I don't know, but I don't think Taker's really done. I think he'll wrestle Mania, he'll wrestle at Mania against Reigns, and he'll disappear again in the, in, in, the, in the shadows, in the darkness, and he'll reappear again when it comes January of 2018. And I think he'll do that for the next year or two. I'm still holding on to my Taker Sting match, or we get to see Taker <laughs> Cena finally. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I'm not oh, lining that goodness. up. I've been waiting who, since 1998. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I say you got to do Taker Sting. you got to do Taker Cena. I mean, Taker still has about two more money-making matches left, and then he can just go home and lay down and play mm-hmm. with his son and Michelle McCool. Uh, see, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't know if any Taker's match is a, a quote, money-making match anymore. I mean, um, name-wise. You know, name, yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. the name as it is. I agree. Because I mean, we all know Cena Rock, Cena Rock from 2029 was awful. That made money yeah. just because of the name. But that wasn't over right. no Flair and Steamboat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, the second match, Rock Insides came out of him. Uh, so <laughs> that goes to show uh, his, his ring uh, uh, shape. <laughs> so, he he um, got hurt both matches. Yeah, yeah, he did. The second one, I think, yeah, his like uh, abdominals just kind of detached or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was really weird. 
Um, but yeah, Chris. Okay, so with with Evan's point, let, let me let me present this to you. So basically, the streak ended. But uh, do you think that if the streak was still alive, and Roman Reigns uh, could have so basically Taker Reigns, it looks like Taker Reigns, and so Roman Reigns versus the Undertaker for the streak, since it's going to be most likely no belt attached to it. Um, what are your thoughts on just the, the match itself? And do you think the stipulation of the streak would have been much better uh, if the streak was still alive? Because before Lesnar, the streak was greater than the championships most of year, you know, for, for a number of years. Um, the streak was, was on a, a bigger level than, than the titles were. Do you think that uh, WWE dropped the ball in hindsight uh, with with kind of losing that element from Taker Wrestle WrestleMania matches? Because if Reigns would beat Taker and end that streak, just think about talk about a full on heel turn. I mean, he'd have more heat than uh, than Flair and the Horseman. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong; it would have been a good angle to do, but I, I think it. At the end of the day, I personally didn't want the streak to really end at all. I think Taker had done enough to deserve maybe going out with the streak still intact. But, you know, if you're going to have somebody break it, it's got to be somebody who's worthwhile. And right now, Cena is, or uh, I mean, Reigns is so on the fence. It's really tough to say whether he'd be the right person to do it or not. I don't think Lesnar was. I think they wasted that on Lesnar. He didn't need it. But I don't think Reigns would necessarily be the right person either. Interesting. What are your thoughts, Travis, on that? Is is Reigns a good choice to end the streak? I mean, he's a WWE machine guy, and I'll see him there for a while. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, he is a WWE machine guy, but no, I don't think... Uh, Reigns should have been the one to beat the streak. Um, just because Reigns, the WWE, as you know, obviously picked him to be the one, but the fans are not really on board with Roman Reigns. And I think, or you know, it was Brock Lesnar. But had it not been broken, whoever would have broken the streak needed to benefit from that greatly. And with them pushing Reigns as a face, it just wouldn't have worked. They want him to be the, the baby face. He would have come out of that looking like the heel. I think he works better as a heel personally. I'd rather see Reigns on the dark side, you know. Um, but that said, I, I, I'm glad that the streak is over. I think, you know, like what was said, it became bigger than the title. And I think it became bigger than Undertaker himself. And um, I think it was overshadowing aspects of the matches. I, I really am glad that it's over. Really? It, it just, yeah, I mean, it just proves that Undertaker didn't need the streak. Yeah, the streak was awesome. Mm. It was great while I was gone, but he, the Undertaker is bigger than the streak. The streak's not bigger than the Undertaker. Yeah, but I think I, I think the streak, especially the at the twilight of Undertaker's career, I think that's his title because I, I don't see. I mean, there was a lot of rumblings. There was, I mean, it was strongly considered for titles for Taker to actually be in Cena's place and beat AJ for the title at uh, at the, the Royal Rumble. But um, 
I, I think in the latter parts of Taker's career, which has been the past few years, I'd say maybe. Uh, I think Taker's. I think Taker probably ended as far as championship material being on the main show and, and being relevant. Uh, I'd say Triple H. I'd say his Hell in a Cell match at Triple H, uh, mm. Triple H, which I can't stand the Uncle Fester look, but at the same time, <laughs> some people thought <laughs> but the same time, that is that is the perfect that was that, that was the perfect send off for the Undertaker, yeah. and then we get CM Punk, and then we get Bray Wyatt, and then we get Brock Lesnar, the streak. You know, I I, I, I remember the Bray Wyatt match never happened. WWE like oh. that never happened. Him picking yeah, Bray I, Mania. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. It was so. I mean, that that match was so irrelevant, especially yeah. since the streak was over. I mean, if Bray Wyatt would have beaten the Undertaker that year, Taker would have lost two straight WrestleMania matches, and it really wouldn't have meant nothing. I think that whoever, like Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns, when the streak was intact, I think that even if you lost a match, and you know, there's been people who've said this throughout their interviews who've been a part of the streak. Even if you lost the match, you were a part of history. Like Mark Henry, I think he mentioned that before. You know, he was a part of history. You know, not boss uh, uh, man. A, a train boss man. Boss you know, man. King Kong Bundy. DVD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean. All of those names were a part of history. Now the streak is gone, and it's you know from Brock Lesnar out of anyone who, like Chris said, certainly didn't but, need that at all. Go ahead, that, that's, that's, yeah. Oh, you were saying? Go ahead, Evan. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was gonna say you could remember too that, and and I have a good authority too of, of an agent in WWE that told us Undertaker chose Brock. You know, Undertaker and Brock are close friends, and this before it was. Out there, you know that that kayfabe was kind of alive. Undertaker chose Brock to lose. You know, he, Undertaker wanted Brock to beat him. He chose Brock to beat him. Granted, Brock didn't need to, but it was believable <laughs> when Brock. And yeah. granted, let's remember Undertaker got hurt. It was like, what the what the heck? You know, the yeah. match ended. We're like, That's you know, we all thought it was. You know, we all in the business and know people in the business that got connected. We thought it was a mistake. But mm-hmm. my opinion is, okay, if Brock didn't win. But he didn't have to. I feel when I had Bray beat him, because Bray was yeah. the leader of worlds and all that stuff, and and you know yeah. he was the the new Lord of Darkness. He put somebody over, and 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 granted, if Undertaker didn't lose one, two, three, could have been a no contest. The, they could have beat the crap out of Undertaker, and the Wild Family could have ducked him. That could have set up for a SummerSlam match, and the ticket. That that's me. Henry wasn't going to win. Triple H didn't. I think. See, here's my thing. I think that if I like that idea, I think Taker should have beaten Bray, but I think the abduction angle would have worked if Bray would beat Taker clean at SummerSlam that year. Well, like right, I don't right, think I agree with that, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think right. you I don't think you confiscate the streak for that because I mean we we're looking at Bray, you know what? Two years later, and and what what has happened? You know, since uh, going against Taker, nothing. nothing <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Uh, you know, he definitely wouldn't have been a good recipient to break that streak. I just don't think uh, that I, – I just – I think being a part of history, and I think the taker, you know, the send-off with, with Triple H was good. All the following matches after that, even with Punk, it was a decent match, 
But you know, uh, well, Punk was right before Lesnar, right? It was uh, yeah, Lesnar, yeah, Punk, yeah. and then Lesnar, and then Bray, right. and then um, last year was uh, Shane. Shane, yeah. Um, yeah. So all of, all of those matches following the breaking of the streak meant nothing. I mean, last year's match was the worst type of buildup. It was the weirdest storyline. I, I so still have no clue. What the it was what so in the world? Yeah, it, it was, was, it it was just nothing. to get Shane to have that big spot on the cell. That's all it was. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, yeah I was there alive, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure, guys, if y'all was there alive. I was. I was there in Texas, alive with, with my staff, and and that match was was bad. That 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 <laughs> whole match was the spot. All you yeah, need to do is see Shane jump off the top rope, and the thing is, take a move to get. Two quarters before Shane even hit the ground, <laughs> so it's like you could have waited a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that match was just it, it was bad. Taker was hurting, and and, and like I said, guys, I, I love Taker. Taker is my top, my top five. I love Taker like I love Sting. I love Angle and Steamboat. It just, it, it was, I mean, the streak didn't have to end. It helped with the marketing ploy. The streak is over. Mm-hmm. Taker name still brings in money. And I think you gotta have you get Roman Reigns. He shoved down our throats. He's the new Cena. We have no choice. I wouldn't say that he's the new Cena because Roman Reigns and I've said and I've said this on my Raw review. I think it was a couple of weeks, a couple, well, two or three months ago. I was doing some digging with with Roman Reigns, and at that time, it's probably even worse uh, last time. I didn't. Then it's probably even worse now than when I reported. But Roman Reigns uh, loses to statistically loses one out of every three matches. So like I mean, that, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, far as that, that's who Vince is going to shove down your throat. You know, he shoved Cena mm-hmm. down our throat. That's why people booed Cena. It was he's, same thing. Cena getting booed was just like Hogan was getting booed in '93 to '94, '95. Was shoved down our throats. Reigns is the next. He's the next big dog. Cena still is the man, but. Reigns is being shoved down our throats, and that's why people. But that's unfortunate. That, to me, that's unfortunate, though. Unfortunate for Reigns, right? But, yeah, but yeah, it, right. Because Reigns, I mean, he has grown leaps and bounds yeah, yeah. since uh, the SummerSlam match against Orton a few years ago. You know, like he was green. I mean, he looked really, really green. <laughs> yeah. But you can tell, like he's 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 put in work. You know, he's put in his work. He's even better on the mic. You know, he's better, at, I mean, leaps and bounds better in the ring. I mean, his match with uh, Big Show was, uh, what, four stars by Meltzer. You know, any any any, any gotta, gotta uh, match against Big Show who has four <laughs> stars, it's probably most likely because of the other person. I mean, no disrespect for the Big Show. He's, he's, he's a Hall of Fame guy. He's a medium but, show. <laughs> but A-A-R-P. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you know, he he's not he he's what he's supposed to be. When he's a larger than life type of figure, heel, that's exactly I mean, you know, Andre's I wasn't expecting Andre to have a catch his catch can match or big John Stud. They were who they were supposed to be, you know, big larger than life giant heels. So the so the baby face had to do the work in most of their matches against Andre and Stud and Bundy and you know what I mean so the babyface in this case was Reigns and he uh-huh. did I mean he turned over I remember that match at uh, Payback 
he turned around a Chicago crowd, you know, during his match against the Big Show that year, and that that said a lot to me. I, that that you know, I was I was a, a, a pro Reigns guy, but that match to me was one of the pivotal ones for me. The Daniel Bryan one at Fastlane was fantastic as well. Yeah. They got four and a half stars, but. That match against the Big Show with, with Chicago, probably. I mean, you're from Chicago, Chris. I mean, you, you know, yeah. you know, you know the crowd, and yeah. the crowd is one of the most markiest crowds. Uh, oh yeah, in all of the states, for them to boo Reigns, which is typical, and by the end of the match, cheer Reigns. You know, that goes to show. You know, his athleticism, Chris. You know, it's with Reigns. It's kind of a funny. Story in your way, he was able to turn that Chicago crowd around, and surprisingly, it's like people kind of crap on Big Show a lot because of how his career has been or whatever. But you know, him and Reigns had one of the best last man standing matches that year, so it just proves that you know they are good performers. But if you guys remember back when the Shield was still a thing. Reigns was getting the biggest pop every time he was so tagged was. in. The fans yeah, yeah. loved Roman Reigns. Yeah. What happened was rumor got out that Vince McMahon liked Roman Reigns, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. people were like, "Oh, he's a Vince McMahon guy." Yep. I'm 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 a Mark. I can't like a Vince McMahon guy. But here's the thing: Roman Reigns has not been shoved down our throats any more than Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho have over oh, the past few months. Right. People <laughs> love, right. people love Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho because yes. they're funny. But. Yep. It's it's the thing that like people have this perception of oh Kevin Owens isn't supposed to be the WWE guy he's fighting this uphill battle he's not fighting an uphill battle Vince McMahon loves Kevin Owens or he wouldn't have had the title all this time yeah so right it, it's mm-hmm. just a matter of perception wrestling fans seem to want to be right. anti-establishment and right. sometimes mm-hmm. that screws with the way a superstar is looked at. In the edit, to add to that, Chris, especially when, you know, we, we talk to a lot of fans. We talk to the 4K fans, the fans that are under 25, even 28. Like, you know, well, you know, and, and uh, Kevin Owens, uh, Kevin Owens, don't, y'all, you know, is the cookie cutter, dollar store, generic wrestler bills, the standards, and the orders, nothing against them, or it's like, have you heard of Dick Murdoch? Have you heard of Cactus Jack? Have you heard of, you know, Dusty Rhodes? Have you heard of Ray Stevens? Champions, yeah. you know, champions come in different packages. I'm glad Kevin Owens, and granted, people joke and say, oh, you know, he looks like he can work at GameStop or Home Depot. But doesn't that help when you can look and say he looks like a regular guy, we can relate to you, and he's the champion, as opposed to, you know, Cena or Orton that looks like superstars, like, you know, like Hogan and Warrior did, like larger than life characters. So, like you said, he's the champion. Be proud of him. Even though, yeah. even though, if you notice, any champion in WWE, especially on Raw, that doesn't fit the the physical mode of WWE, still has yet to main event Raw. Because ever since Owens because has been champ, I think and, and I'm not I saying it's a problem, but you know, yeah. every since you know you have Owens as champ, and there's nothing against it. And you have, you know, Owens, you had CM Punk, didn't main event Raw. They were the champs. They were always main event in the second hour, or when it was two hours, it would be like at the top of the, you know, second mm-hmm. hour, but not necessarily on the last 10, 15 minutes of the show. 
See, here, here's my philosophy on that. I think that's a very good point, Evan. Uh, my philosophy is this, and and when I interviewed Buff Bagwell, he said it's the Walmart treatment, basically. <laughs> and I think he, I think he brings up a good point. You know, he's like, hey, listen, if if you're walking down Walmart, you know, am I going to notice you as a star? You know, and and I, that I agree with them. Uh, that's I, I, you know, I understand. Kevin Owens, you know, he he's done his work, he's put in his dues, he's been an in indie guy for so long. But at the same time, this is the sports entertainment industry. So wrestling's not real. You know, like it's 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 hero versus villain, it's comic book come to life. It's supposed to be a larger than life feel. I think similar to what Chris was saying, I think that the current crowd is living so vicariously through these people mm-hmm. that they want to kind of hijack anything that goes against just the average spot fest. Someone's going to get hurt. That's what they want to see. They want to see blood. They want to see spots. They want to see injuries. They want to see, you know, Sid like, you know, <clears throat> bone compound fractures. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just a bunch of just legions of of, of vicious fans <laughs> a lot of times, but at the same time, I just I just went to, when I had Bobby Fulton on my show, and we gotta uh, we gotta wrap up here. But um, when I had Bobby Fulton on my show a few weeks back, he uh, was promoting his um, uh, his uh, event about forty five minutes away from my house, and it was. It, I knew probably three people in the entire ticket, and uh, it, it was the the headline was a seven man <laughs> a seven man blindfold match, and <laughs> it was probably the best show I've ever been to in my entire life, and I've never I have not missed a raw a live raw since 1999. I've been to every single live raw here in, in Columbus and, since '99. And I've been to SmackDowns, I've been to WCW events, I've been to TNA events, I've been to ROH events, I've been to NXT events. I have been to dozens and dozens of wrestling events in the past decade, and this world-class professional big-time wrestling is what it was called. It was absolutely incredible. It was a match with uh, Bobby Fulton, and Shane Douglas, who were so old that they both had their shirts on. Oh, this is but, <laughs> oh, this is but, but at the same time, it was so amazing because yeah. it was still that hero versus villain. Shane Douglas played such an incredible heel, even in his 50s. He was so good. You know, you have yeah. people like uh, Cody yeah. Hawk. He was there, who trained Dean Ambrose. He was there. played a, He's in his early 40s still. Really, he understood how to play a heel. He was pan, you know. He was, you know, he was uh, drawing heat from the crowd so easily. The characters are missing so much in professional wrestling, and that's that is my biggest criticism of all professional wrestling. Not the action. I mean, you have a ta- you have a roster across the board: WWE, NXT, TNA, Lucha, ROH. The athletes are incredible. They are incredible, incredible, incredible. But that 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 injection of character development that you need is just it's it's not there. And and that's to me that's my biggest criticism. You can have a spot fest with Kevin Owens all day long, 
But if there's no character that comes with him, you know, you might as well see Yoshitatsu go against, uh, you know, Barry Horowitz. Really but, yeah. Man, I like Yoshitatsu. Yeah. I would love to see Yoshitatsu. I, I, I did, too. I think Yoshi's great. I, even, you know, when, when you know, he's uh, uh, with, uh, you know, he, he's a part of a, the Bullet Club uh, Hunters uh, with, you know, now nowadays in New Japan. But uh, here's the gem, and I've never said this publicly, and because Featherstone is a good buddy of mine, I'm, I'm gonna say this publicly. AJ Styles, and, and no, you know me, AJ Styles are personal friends. We've hung out and we stole text and hung out right before WWE and all this time. AJ Styles told me and my staff during the Yossi Tatsu when he was in Japan, Yossi Tatsu went to him and said, Hey, 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 uh, uh, uh. Uh, can you teach me how to uh, do you go to sleep? I want to show you know how you how you how how you so go to sleep. And AJ said, I'm just looking at him like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, you do go to sleep. And AJ said, bro, I'm the wrong guy. <laughs> Yossi thought he would get his finishing moves mixed up. So he thought AJ Styles finisher was to go to sleep. <laughs> he went to AJ Styles <laughs> to ask him about oh, how to sell it. So I never said that publicly. AJ said it in the joke. Well, he wasn't bargaining him, but he was just saying this. Yossi's a good guy, but he, he mistakenly thought AJ Styles' finisher was to go to sleep. And AJ was like, nah, bro, you got the wrong guy. I don't need to no, go to sleep. <laughs> but he had explained the Styles' clash about so. Ah, uh, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick. Travis, uh, your thoughts on the Royal Rumble? All right. Um, you know, overall, I thought it was a great show. Um, Charlotte and Bailey, I, I thought they put on a fine match. Um, I was, I was shocked at how definitively and cleanly Bailey was Bailey lost. Um, even though we'd seen Reigns and Owens so many times before, um, I actually thought their match on Sunday raised the bar, and it was fresh. Um, I thought Owens looked stronger than he has had in recent weeks, and I'm intrigued. Um, I know everybody's talking about Reigns and Undertaker, but I could see a possible Reigns and Strowman matchup coming up here. Um, Cena and Styles, they always put on a great match. Um, I love seeing Cena pull out moves he doesn't usually do, because um, I love it when wrestlers that have been around for a long time, they surprise me with like new offense. And I think mm-hmm. it just shows that Cena, he could do a lot more with his moveset if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not upset that he tied Flair's record. Um, records are meant to be broken, or in this case, tied. And um, I love, I don't know if you guys saw Flair's tweet afterwards. He said, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Um, I thought that was, that was pretty classy. Um, mm-hmm. what, I, what I loved about the Rumble the most was that this was the first time in a long time that, that it has kept me surprised. I predicted right. wrongly that uh, Undertaker or Strowman would win. Um, right. But you know what, Strowman, he looked like a monster throughout the match. It was great. Baron Corbin came out looking strong. Um, oh, yeah. Jack Gallagher was absolutely hilarious with his umbrella <laughs> jumping off the top of the <laughs> top turn. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, it was great. Um, Orton winning the Rumble match, I think it's a safe move by the WWE. Because um, Cena and Orton have wrestled so many times before. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the WWE injects new life into this feud. Uh, personally, I, I hope Wyatt gets uh, Bray Wyatt gets a larger role in this. I'd love to see him take the title at uh, in the Elimination Chamber. Let's see what happens. Mm. Bray Wyatt 
<laughs> Bray Wyatt is champion going to WrestleMania. I just think Wyatt's got. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Wyatt's got so much potential that he just needs a push to get it through there. Yeah, I can see that. Chris, what are your thoughts? Uh, I enjoyed the Rumble. You know, I agree with Travis. They went with a safe pick. I I wrote a whole article earlier today about how I thought they should have used the Rumble to put over somebody new like a Strowman or, you know, even if they weren't planning on putting the title on them, even if they don't go on in the last match at WrestleMania, just use that to give somebody a push. You know, Orton doesn't need that. Orton can be dropped from the WWE title picture anytime because of his status. People will accept it. But other than that, you know, Cena and Styles, that was one of the better matches I've seen in years. Uh, It was just top to bottom enjoyable. Yeah. Evan? Um, I I joked joked on my show earlier today, a title deck, that the the Rumble of Ratchets. Um, I thought the, um, the Rumble was okay. I was a little disappointed. Wasn't as good as I thought, but it wasn't wasn't the worst. Undercard was strong. Uh, a good match with Charlotte. Really enjoyed Reigns and Owens. I really enjoyed that match a little better than Cena and AJ because I thought they had a little better match at SummerSlam, but the match was still phenomenal. Um, uh, the downloadable DLC match with the Cruiserweights, Neville. I mean, Featherstone talked about it using submission to win. Uh, shout out to Rich Swan, who's from Baltimore, Maryland, as I am. Uh, the Rumble was funny. Uh, James Ellsworth showing up. Uh, the Gallagher Looney Tunes spot. Granddaddy, Granddaddy Bird Goldberg blowing up in two minutes and tripping. Um, <laughs> it was it was a good Rumble. It was a surprise. <laughs> Why the hell? How did how did Reigns get number thirty? No one explained that. It's like how's Reigns in the Rumble, but AJ wasn't. I mean, I wasn't mad. You know, it was a good good swerve and Orton winning. Nobody guessed it. <clears throat> no one. I, I, like like I think Chris said, I picked I I picked Undertaker to win. I said take a win. We know Brock and Goldberg wasn't gonna win. Uh but uh, it was a good swerve. It's been a while since I watched the Rumble. I was excited. My mom mom attacked my mother watched the Rumble. She hasn't watched the Rumble since ninety one. Wow. wow. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, and first thing she said was, Oh, you know, why did Jericho get a chance to get out and take a breath? That's another thing. I pick up on little small details. If you watch this spot with Enzo and um, Enzo and Brock, look at Orton. Orton was actually laughing on the corner. It seemed like everybody was taking a nap in the corner. It was a lot of mm-hmm. rest time in this rumble, which <laughs> yeah. was cool. But uh, re- re-watch, you'll, you'll watch Orton's face when Enzo does the little crazy wog, the little dancey dude, and Orton just clothesline, um, Brock clothesline. Watch Orton's face. Orton's sitting there laughing. Mm-hmm. He turns away. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I uh, I thought that the Rumble was a buzzkill with the Orton winning. To be honest, I I, I agree with what what Chris said. I, I believe Orton and Cena winning Rumbles nowadays is stupid. Uh, when Orton <laughs> yeah. when Cena won, I believe it was 2013 when he eliminated Ryback. I think that was yeah. one of the worst possible decisions yeah. ever made in WWE. Get I think back. that Cena would have easily went into the title picture. Just like right. Jericho went to the title picture against CM Punk when Sheamus won. Although I think Jericho should have won that one um, because Sheamus, you know, the whole eight-second thing, and it was just a throwaway rumble. But just R- Cena winning, I think Ryback should have won. I think that, um, you know, uh, like you said, I think the, the Royal Rumble should be able to elevate a new star. I mean, I keep thinking of I keep thinking of the Austin and Michaels era. 
you know, 2001 Austin, I wasn't a fan of him winning that time because he was already well-established. Uh, and I, I don't think that that was a good idea, but, um, the other ones uh, that he won, the other two that I, you know, they were fine for me. And I think that especially my, especially Michaels, because he was still intercontinental championship level at the time, not necessarily in 96, but he still kind of was in 96 because 96 was the Ironman match. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 95, you know, was, was good for him as well. So, the Intercontinental title, the championship levels, I think that it boosts the Intercontinental champion if you have world champions in the Royal Rumble, and it boosts that Intercontinental title that a person who just needs that extra push, the Royal Rumble does wonders for them. I think I think that that's how it should be. And, you know, it, it did it for Yoko. Um, it, it did it for Michaels. It did it for Austin. Uh I guess you could say Mysterio because he ended up be, being champion. You know, uh, it did it for him. Brock won it in his first year. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that helped Brock, Brock yeah. as well. Um, so I, I think, I think those people, um, I think having it like for for instance when Triple H came back in '02 and won it, why? You know, what I mean, like it was it was a feel good moment, <laughs> yes, but it, it didn't mean anything. I mean. He was gonna yeah, he was I gonna agree. main event it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let, 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 let's be honest real quick. The the only reason why Ray won the rumble that year was because Eddie died. And Eddie the oh, only reason why he won yeah. the title. And yeah, granted, I love Eddie. If if Eddie didn't pass away, Ray wouldn't have been winning. And real quick, only only bad thing about the rumble, what were he doing with Ziggler? You did all that hell build up oh. for Ziggler, he showed it to the rumble, what did you do? Nothing. Why Nothing. was Apollo Crews in the Rumble? What did that do? No one cared. Why was Ellsworth in the Rumble? Why was, yeah. Well, yeah. Ellsworth was comic relief, but at least oh, Ellsworth. Oh, no, please. No. Get him out of here. <laughs> I don't you know, Maybe because we're from the same town. I grew up with him. That's, but, I mean, I ain't, I ain't the best friends of him, but we know each other personally. But, but like you said, Ellsworth ain't have to be in there. Uh, 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 um, uh, that is Why was Apollo Cruz in there? Why? Yeah. Who cared? No reason. No yes, reason. Yes, he's black. All. That's our brother. Who cared? Why was he? Finished? I don't think Enzo should have been in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. He, yeah I, don't, I don't think there was no yeah. problem. I don't Why think did he come no out of twenty-seven? Yeah. Exactly. Why is Enzo no in the high twenties? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it was so top-heavy. Like in the twenties, yeah. you had Bray, you had Orton, you had Y. I mean, you you had a, a Goldberg, Lesnar, and Taker all in the twenties. I think that they should have had Orton and Wyatt come in the teens, maybe even the early teens, you know, to kind of show their endurance and just kind of have them kind of dominate a bit, um, similar to the Punk Nexus thing. I think that would have helped out. I think that would have helped even even Wyatt even more because Wyatt was just a filler. He didn't he didn't really do anything. It, so it, I you know I I would have I would have screwed around. I say go back to the old school early eighties and nineties rumbles when you had no theme music except for one and two. People come out, you don't know who it is. <laughs> hold yeah. the spotlight on. And like you say, it, 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 and that's the thing. We we've been in wrestling all of our lives. We all professionals, you know, we are professionals in media and writing articles. We knew watching the Rumble, Tig is not coming out to 20-something. 
Brock oh, yeah. not coming out the twenty something. Oh, Brock's out now. They cleared the ring. I told my girlfriend, "Big, watch Goldberg come out. Here comes Goldberg, yep. Granddaddy yep. Bird. It's like yep. throw us off. Hey, Brock come out. Well, Goldberg's tired, so hey, Brock come out. He got in doing seven. Come out number ten and murder for a while. Have uh, there was like there heavy. was like three people who I who I said this is this person's coming out next, and then I was right. spot on. I did that with yep. Strowman. I said, as soon as you have that, you know, six to seven person crowd in mm-hmm. the Rumble, here comes the big spot for the big men to come in and eliminate a bunch of them. I did the same thing. As soon as I said, Brock's coming out next, because there's a bunch of people just <laughs> right. kind of laying down. It's kind of, you know, <laughs> fake punching Take, each other in the nap. corner. You know what I mean? I said, okay, Brock's coming out next. He's about to eliminate a bunch of people. And that's exactly what happened. I said, oh, yeah. Goldberg's next. You know, and, and that's exactly what happened. It became so predictable to me that. And, and Orton winning, like like you said, Chris, it was to me it was it was a complete buzzkill. I think, you know, I think one of the, the like the Miz or or Corbin, or uh, you said one of you said another Jericho. name, uh, Strowman. Jericho. Uh, I, I Strowman. think, oh, you know, uh, that's that's a soft spot for me. I, I, Jericho could win Rumble every year if it was up to me, but <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't favor. Hey, I, would I wouldn't have, tell favoritism that way. I would have made the uh, list the winner. I would have had Jericho get eliminated, and then no. do like a double elimination where it's, it's the guy, then Jericho, and then the list is last. The list is oh, the last no. thing in the ring. At the list wins. This is, this is what happens <laughs> for even saying that. You just made the list. <laughs> you just made the list for having the list go over. All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, let, let's get to uh, real quick, like a few minutes. Uh, Chris, what are your what are your thoughts on Raw and SmackDown? About the post Rumble Raw did a decent job getting some storylines going, but after like the second hour, I realized we'd only had like three matches. It was very light on the action. I was kind of yeah, I was kind of surprised about that, and I didn't feel like they capitalized on the Rumble as well as they could have. It felt like any other Raw. I agree. Uh, very good assessment there. SmackDown? Uh, SmackDown was pretty average episode of SmackDown. You know, Ambrose and AJ had a solid match. The whole Orton-Cena confrontation thing started that feud up for the 40th time. It was, <laughs> you know, it was. I, I enjoyed it better than Raw, but I wouldn't say it was a spectacular show. Yeah, this is this is how I feel about the entire uh, uh, AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose feud. Delete, 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 <laughs> delete, 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 Featuring two or three matches, it was so much filler, so much talking. Can we get some matches, please? It was like, give me. And then Joe, I mean Joe Davies, he tried to save it. I, I do like what he did with Strowman. Strowman attacking Jericho was cool. You know, Strowman talking more rings in multiple feuds that was cool. Joe showing up doing an elbow and what have you. I mean that was okay. I would have loved to see the muscle buster. I mean I don't think he's gonna be effective hill if you're just gonna show up on Raw and. Put somebody in a sleeper, it's like, okay. That's on yeah. impact. You put somebody to sleep. Anybody can do that. <laughs> um, SmackDown, yeah. best part of SmackDown, the Miz commentary with Baron Corbin. Loved it. Yeah. Miz is saying, I've been in WWE for 10 years. How many chambers have you been in? The 
you can tell Corbin you can't, and you got to see how the Miz is a natural, is naturally good on the mic, like Jericho. And Corbin, of course, saved himself saying, well, I'm going to beat you. I just loved it. To me, that's part of SmackDown was the Miz and Corbin going back and forth. They all looked like they were sitting at a kiddie table at a cookout because you already got four people at that small table, and now you got six. Yeah. So yeah. SmackDown oh, was okay. I mean, we're all yeah. okay, but SmackDown was okay. At least we get to see AJ and Dean for the 30th time. It's like the oh. past three months of Raw, we seen Owens. We yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, Please, for my, oh, I did not want to see another match. Uh, if they don't fight for two years, I'll, I'll be totally fine with that. Travis, uh, do we see Joe and Rollins at Fastlane? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, in fact, uh, Samoa Joe debuting on Raw, that was the best part of the entire show, I thought. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, he, I, mean, I think he's a great addition to the main roster, and I, and I think having him debut on Raw was great because that way he didn't get lost in the shuffle of the Rumble. You know, and I hope that Joe's dominant because um, I don't see him coming out on top on Rollins at Fastlane. Um, there's no way Rollins is going to walk into WrestleMania with a loss on his back like that. Um, so I'm interested to see how Joe's going to get through this. I think he's going to be fine, though. Uh, SmackDown, a uh, little bit of a letdown with SmackDown. SmackDown's you know a, a better show than Raw, I think, right now. Um, I agree with Evan. Like uh, Miz and Baron Corbin on the commentary was fantastic. I loved it. And uh, and I'm actually interested to see how this Luke Harper face turn is handled because it's going a lot better than it did with Eric Rowan. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that, too. Shout out to JBL for blocking uh, blocking me on Twitter, by the way, guys. Just wanted to let y'all know that. <laughs> nice. Because I actually tweeted, said, I actually <laughs> tweeted about his whole porn. His, you know, y'all know about the porn incident with his tag. And I'm a professional computer analyst. I actually said breaking news tag in the Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble match is going to be JBL versus his browser history. Next thing you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Real quick, for those who uh for those listeners who don't know, give us about uh twenty seconds of uh of that story real quick on JBL. Okay, you want me to do it? Yeah, go ahead. Yep. Okay. Uh real quick guys, so JBL did a screen screenshot on Twitter doing NXT takeover in Dallas. He was promoting um um he was promoting the others of pain, saying they were good, blah blah blah. Screenshot came up with NXT, if you look to your right there is a tab, open tab on the right, says nude, uh, cat, catfa, catva, and I can't say her last name, but you want to know guys on the show, just hit me up, I'll send you the link. You Google her name, it is a woman face, and she has a male body. Basically, John Cena, waist, uh, neck down, and a female, female face. She just, JBL wow. likes muscular women, and that's what he likes. And it went all mm. over, he deleted the tweet, but it was too late. And he deleted me, delete, and blocked delete. me and my staff delete. because we carried them. So thank you, Jibble. And, oh, and, and my media assistant posted a picture of Jibble doing his little shuffle dance after the tweet. Oh, by wow. the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. You go. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the flavor of the week without further ado. It is now time for the flavor of the of you have 90 seconds to state your case. Who has the better career, John Chena or the Nature Boy, Ric Flair? We'll start off with Travis. 
All right. Well, first off, what's the definition of better? Are we talking about money, respect, legend? Uh, you know, that aside, you... as a hardcore wrestling fan, I'm going to say Ric Flair. Uh, he had most of his success before wrestlers were mainstream names, before they had weekly national television shows, drawing crowds across the country and internationally. Uh, was it like in early 90s, he drew 100,000 people in North Korea, single yep. show? Amazing. Thank you, yeah. uh, and most of this, I mean, most of his, his draw, everything was before the Internet, before message boards, before online dirt sheets. Uh, the Four Horsemen are still the standard bears that groups get compared to, and his career has spanned decades. Uh, Cena, Flair, you know, Cena on his way to becoming—I'd say he'd be on his way to becoming a legend. I just think Flair has done it better. Nice. Uh, let's go with Evan, Flair or Cena. There's no question, Ric Flair. Reason why Flair's been around the business for over 40 years. Flair has wrestled people that died, wrestled in buildings that aren't even around no more, wrestled for promotions that's not even in existence, had title belts that we don't know what happened to him. Ric Flair went against everybody Brody, Sting, Dusty, Harley, um, Steamboat, Muda, Saruta, Tenru. I can go down the line. Hogan, Mr. T. Aretha Franklin, he's been around everybody to this date. Nobody has a resume like him. Nobody has catch his phrase, and he's a part of the horseman. He has two Hall of Fame rings. Flair, by none, pop culture icon. Wu is one of the most iconic catchphrases you'll ever find. Captain Full Kid Cena, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's cool. He wears denim jeans. Yeah, that's cool, but who has he fought? Undertaker, Cena. Uh, Cena, Undertaker, Edge, 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 Orton, 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 Edge again, Orton again, Edge again, Orton again. That's it. Bring the story you want. (laughs) So, Cena's a legend now, but, oh well. There's no comparison. Flair Flair is the all-time legend. Nice. Chris, is it a trifecta? Is it a a clean sweep? Flair or Cena? I mean, if if you're going to look at facts and numbers and history, you have to go with Flair, but only because he's got 25 more years on Cena in the ring. I think if Cena wrestled for as long as Flair, he might surpass him at some point. And, you know, his 16 titles are all under one roof. Flair did it under NWA, WCW, and WWE. So it's... It, it, you know, you're comparing apples to oranges here. I mean, Flair is always going to be in the conversation of greatest career of all time, greatest wrestler of all time, no matter what re- kind of wrestling fan you're talking to. But, you know, I mean, I just think it's a matter of time given to each person. You know, had Cena been around during those Ric Flair years, Maybe he could have done better. Maybe he wouldn't have done as good as he's doing now. So it's it's really hard to compare those two people. It's like comparing the Model T to a Tesla. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, I my, here 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 are my thoughts. I think that uh, um, Ric Flair uh, surpasses uh, John Cena's career by leaps and bounds. Uh, I think that I think there's no comparison at all. I think that there's I think that John Cena has ruined professional wrestling. I think that uh, the, the the hero and villain, babyface and heel, was so prominent in Ric Flair era. He was such a good heel. He he here here is the here is the uh, the, the smoking gun of the reason why 
Ric Flair is without. I mean, you say apples and oranges, Chris, but here's here's my here's my deal. Here is the number one reason why Ric Flair's career is insurmountably better than John Cena's. One, uh, the, the the second reason is what whatever was said. You know, Cena versus Orton twelve times. They moved fought twelve times in their careers. Uh, this would be the 13th of WrestleMania, uh, uh, seemingly. But the number one reason is this. Ric Flair made Sting huge, made Luger huge, made T.A. huge, made, Nikola, uh, made Nikita Koloff huge. So as a heel, he has... He elevated so many people in the 1980s in, in WCW. There was even people who were like Dick Murdoch who would be interviewed at NWA. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you got Ric Flair going on Saturday night in Atlanta. I'm going to take him. I'm going to take that belt. You know, like he, like he, people even like Dick Murdoch would make, would be somebody if they went against Ric Flair for the title. Kerry Von Erich. No, he only had the title for a hiccup, but that was his greatest achievement of his career was defeating Ric Flair for the title. John Cena has not made anybody important. You know, like he he went against Ali Orton and those people, you know, John Cena didn't necessarily boost those people up. So because of Ric Flair putting people over, that that's what helps him. Uh, that's what gives him the title for me. There's more of that. I can, I can actually write it. That's that's my take. Alright, real quick, uh ten seconds apiece to start a wish. Chris, let us know, let everybody know where they can find you, of course. Uh, you know, I'm on Twitter, PR underscore doctor, and I'm on Bleacher Report every day. Nice. Travis, double T. Uh, catch up with me uh, on Twitter uh, at Ryder Taylor. I'm on there every single day. I interact. I talk back. Hit me up. Nice, Evan. All right, don't forget check us out on Twitter at Tech underscore UTMR, and of course check us out on Facebook and Under the Mat Radio, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Under the Mat Radio, Twitter at Tech underscore UTMR. Fantastic. And of course, you can catch this show every week on Pancakes Power Slam. So, because you're listening now, and of course, great wrestling. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Crave Wrestling. Chris, Travis, Evan, fantastic. This is uh, we'll be celebrating five years. That was one of my favorite uh, roundtables we've ever had on the show. So, thank you all. For thank you. Thank you. Right. Thanks for having me. Have a great night. For, for 253 episodes, you all have a great night. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.